Welcome to the Horror Unmasked Podcast, where we unmask the monsters and and explore the lore. I'm Amber. And I'm Lily. And today we will be dissecting killer clowns from outer space. Let's go to the circus. The story opens at Big Top Burger, where police officer Mooney gets some food before his Friday night shift. We then go to an area in the woods called the Top of the World, where a bunch of cars are parked and many couples are making out. Suddenly, an ice cream truck pulls up with a clown head on top, where Rick and Paul try to get some business. One of the guys, Mike, recognizes the brothers as his best friends before the truck leaves and he continues to make out with his girl, Debbie. They then decide to look up at the stars, where they see something shoot across the sky and land somewhere near them. Meanwhile, an old man and his dog also see the crash from his house and decide to go investigate. Once they get to the crash site, we see a huge circus tent. The old man and his dog get closer, and suddenly, the dog disappears. The old man gets angry about his missing dog and tries to punch the tent, but hurts his hand instead. In the middle of his breakdown, a creepy-looking clown comes up to the old man and shoots him. Back at the police station, Officer Mooney argues with Officer Dave about a couple of kids he brought back, supposedly for public intoxication, littering, and disturbing the peace. Mike and Debbie finally make it partway to the crash site and decide to walk the rest of the way. When they make it to the circus tent, Debbie is immediately freaked out and wants to leave. But Mike wants to keep investigating. The couple finds the entrance and goes inside. The tent seems bigger and more weird on the inside. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Go on. The couple decides to go to the end of the hall and then leave. But while fucking with some buttons, ends up getting sucked into a doorway and finds themselves in a giant room with a big ball of electricity. Mike and Debbie make it back to the hallway, but when they hear something coming, they go through another door. In this room, they see a bunch of giant cotton candy cocoons hanging from these strange contraptions. Debbie starts freaking out even more, suspicious of the cotton candy thinking they're trapped inside the UFO and wants to leave. Mike tries to convince Debbie everything is fine and rips a hole in one of the cocoons, only to reveal the bloody and decomposing face of the old man. The couple then reveals two more faces of Joel and Bartow, before they hear someone coming and hide behind the body-filled cotton candy. When they are hidden, a clown comes down into the room, And while he's distracted, the couple runs back to the door and attempts an escape. The clown sees them and grabs a gun before running after them. While Mike and Deb run down the hall and out of the tent, the clown shoots at them and popcorn hits them, covering their clothes. Another clown appears. They make a balloon animal dog that comes to life and begins chasing the couple down. Mike and Deb make it to the car and manage to escape where they start planning what to do next. The two clowns who were chasing after them turn into an entire group of clowns who follow the car tracks and the signs into town. The couple makes it to the police station and tries to explain to Officer Dave what happened when Mooney comes in and starts calling bullshit. Mooney thinks this is just some ploy for Mike's friends to sell ice cream. 
Dave takes Mike and Deb back to his police car to investigate more. Back in town, a random civilian discovers a small puppet show happening in the park, but there's no audience. Suddenly, a clown pops up from behind the puppet stand and shoots the civilian. In the middle of a convenience store, another clown has turned two more people into cotton candy and starts terrorizing the aisles. In the cop car, Deb and Dave start arguing about leaving her behind for safety reasons, where it is revealed that they used to date. A few other clowns show up at some girl's house with a fake box of pizza and zap her into cotton candy. We then see a montage of a bunch of more clowns showing up to people's homes and shooting them. Deb, Mike, and Dave arrive at Deb's house, where they leave her before heading back to the circus tent. At the convenience store, a couple more clowns show up to cause more chaos, all while the store clerk seems very frightened and confused. Me too, dude. Facts. Dave and Mike end up back at the tent site to discover the tent is missing with a giant hole in the earth. Dave, getting automatically suspicious, handcuffs Mike and takes him back to the car. In the middle of town, a small clown comes up on a biker gang, where they start to harass him and smash his bike. The clown gets angry and puts on some boxing gloves, indicating he wants to fight the guy who destroyed his bike, and then he punches his head right off his body. It's so violent. No, it is so violent. It's so fucking violent. And all of his biker gang friends like scurried away immediately. Hell yeah. Man lost his head. Oof. Back at Big Top Burger, a little girl notices a clown outside and leaves to go say hi. What the fuck are you doing, Right, girl? why would you do that? He's so creepy looking. Ugh. I would literally look at my mother and be like, yo, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Who is that? And if my mom sat there and was like, oh, let's go say hi, I'd say, you're Hell stupid. No, thank you. Mm. Before she is stopped by her mother and tells her to finish her food, Mike and Dave drive back to the top of the world where Dave gets out and discovers some of the cars covered in cotton candy with no one inside. Suddenly, Dave begins to believe Mike again and uncuffs him. At the station, Mooney is getting multiple calls about clowns attacking people all over town, but is still skeptical. Dumbass. His man is so... He's such a dick in this film. He thinks the world is so out to get him. You're all just playing a prank on me. Fuck all of you. (laughs) Every single person in town? Okay. Literally. Back at Deb's house, she goes to take a shower, where all of the small popcorn bits are all over the floor and on her clothes. The laundry hamper with her clothes begins to rattle. And they and the fucking popcorn on the floor starts to like inch away like a fucking earthworm. <laughs> it's gross. In the back of Big Top Burger, one clown sprinkles popcorn into the dumpster because he's so mischievous. <laughs> one of the workers at Big Top goes out back to take the trash out when he hears the little chirps coming from the dumpster. When he gets closer, something pulls him in and all we hear are his screams. Yup, because popcorn is scary. Fucking terrifying. <laughs> Mike and Dave are driving back to town trying to figure out how to handle the situation moving forward. When they come across one of the clowns at a bus stop doing shadow puppets on the wall. The shadow puppets were actually kind of cool though. They were pretty fucking cool until, you know, all of a sudden <laughs> the shadow 
opens up and eats everyone watching. <laughs> yeah, that part That's I, I could have done without. Mike grabs the wheel and tries to hit the clown, but he jumps straight out of the way and disappears. Dave calls Mooney back at the station and tries to tell him to get help, but Mooney has had it with what he believes are still lies and cuts the connection. Again, a fucking idiot. <laughs> How is it that so many people can fucking tell him, hey, yo, something's terrible going on and there's a bunch of fucking clowns doing shit. Nah, but you are all pulling a prank on me. The whole town? The whole town hates me. I'm like, I mean, the way you're acting, maybe it is true. 100% that they would do this, this man fucks around and 100% finds out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right before they start heading back to the station, the ice cream truck comes barreling down out of an alley and Mike decides to go after his friends while Dave goes to the station. Mike runs around the corner to find the ice cream truck crashed and tries to tell Rick and Paul everything that has been going on, managing to convince them to go to Debbie's house. While at the station, Mooney lets the phones ring out of control when a clown comes in and sprays him in the face with flowers. Mooney decides to lock the clown up so fucking stuck. I can't even make it through the sentence because it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Mooney decides to lock the clown up with the two guys he arrested earlier. Dave finally arrives at the station to find the power is out and a bunch of clown footprints that lead to the cells. Dave finds many footprints all over the walls and the floor before looking in the cell to see the two men who were arrested wrapped in cotton candy cocoons. That's a mouthful. That That's is a, a fucking twister. mouthful. Cotton 100%. candy cocoons. Cotton candy cocoons. When Dave goes back to the office, the clown is sitting in Mooney's chair, using Mooney's body as a puppet. Dave shoots the clown's nose, causing it to explode and die. That is the one scene in this whole movie that is genuinely creepy. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Him, when he pulls his hand, hand out of his fucking back and just kind of shakes yep. the blood off. Yep. Yo, that 100% out of the whole film, that is the most disturbing scene. Yes, right I agree. There. Dave is able to connect with more officers and call for help before going back to Debbie's house. While the Ice Cream Brothers and Mike head back to Deb's house as well, they stumble on a type of parade happening in the middle of town where the clowns are using a machine to suck up all of their cotton candy-wrapped victims. At Deb's house, she has finally finished her shower, when she hears strange noises coming from the laundry basket. All of a sudden, we see what the popcorn has turned into as these small clown-like creatures attack her from every corner of the bathroom. Including the toilet. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> because, you know, Debbie escapes and runs to her living room where she hears Mike at the door. However, when she opens it, one of the clowns is impersonating Mike's voice. Debbie tries to escape, but her house is surrounded by clowns who ends up zapping her into a strange balloon bubble. When the brothers and Mike actually pull up to Deb's house, they find that the clowns are about to leave with Debbie still in the balloon. A chase breaks out between the clowns and the ice cream truck. Dave sees this and begins to follow in his cop car as well. The brothers think the cops just want to pull them over and stop. Why, I don't know. Yep. Causing Dave to crash into them and the clowns to escape. Dave joins the ice cream truck and the group head to the amusement park, where they think the clowns moved their tent. The clowns who kidnap Debbie arrive at the amusement park, where a cop tells them to leave, 
but ends up getting pied to death as his skin begins to melt into a pile of goo. Spoiler warning, skip ahead. The ice cream truck arrives and the gang heads through the amusement park. After exploring for a while, the group comes across a door, but before they can go in, Rick and Paul silently fall into a ball pit. Mike and Dave are about to go through the door when they discover the ice cream brothers have disappeared. When the brothers try to get out of the pit, two female clowns are sitting on the edge waiting for them. All sexy-like. Yeah. <laughs> and their boobs, like, grow bigger. It was weird. <laughs> like, like, balloons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. Mike and Dave continue through the door, where Mike realizes they've made it into the tent. Mike leads them to the cotton candy cocoon room. <laughs> okay, that's even more of a tongue twister. Hell yeah, it cotton is. Cotton candy cocoon room. Cotton candy cocoon room. Anyway, to look for Debbie when a clown comes in. The guys hide as the clown goes up to the cocoons with a giant bendy straw and sucks out the contents of one of the cocoons. When the clown leaves, Mike and Dave find the balloon with Debbie inside and shoot her out. Before they can try to rescue other people that might be alive in the cocoons, more clowns come and begin to chase them. Mike is able to shoot and kill some of the clowns as they run away and try to lose the rest of them. The clowns have almost caught back up when the group escapes through a tiny door into a large room. The group continues to run but are stopped by all of the clowns coming at them. The group manages to climb on top of some blocks to get away. As the ice cream truck bursts into the room with the giant clown figure on top of the truck. The brothers try to convince the other clowns to let the group go. It seems to work as Mike, Deb, and Dave climb down and make it to the truck. All of a sudden, from the top of the middle of the tent, a gigantic clown comes down and starts to run at the truck. All of the other clowns disappear, seeming to be afraid of the giant clown. Mike, Deb, and Dave run away, but Rick and Paul stay to try and protect the truck. The giant monster clown picks the truck up with Rick and Paul inside and throws it across the room, where the truck explodes. The clown monster starts chasing the rest of the group when they discover an exit and try to escape. Mike and Deb manage to get out, but Dave stays behind, trying to stall the monster clown. Outside, all of the officers that Dave called for help arrive on the scene while the clown tent begins to lift into the air and leave. Inside the tent, Dave has been picked up by the monster clown, but uses his police badge to pop it right in the nose, killing it and setting him free. Because of this, the entire tent explodes into a burst of fireworks. One of the clown cars lands next to the cops and Dave comes out unharmed along with Rick and Paul. The whole gang is reunited and all of the clowns were destroyed. The end. All right. Well, this was a fucking movie. It was a movie. Yes, it was. The second time I watched it, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it more. You enjoyed it more. I don't know why. I don't think it's the best movie I've ever watched. No, not at all. It's one of those movies that is the, it's so bad, it's good. A little bit. Because a little there's bit. movies that are just bad. Yeah. And then there are movies that are just so bad that you can't help but love how dumb they are. Yeah. 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 I agree. 
Alrighty. So also, sorry for my goopiness. Yeah. It was... Guess who's sick now? <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, that's just disgusting. <laughs> <clears throat> and because of that, I'll leave that in. Nice. Thank you. All right. Alrighty. So this movie was released May 27th, 1988. Mm-hmm. The director is Stephen Kyoto. Kyoto. I want to say it's Kyoto. Stephen Stefan. Stephen Stefan. I don't know. That's my dad's middle name, and it's spelled like that, and he pronounces it Stephen. So Stephen or Stefan doesn't matter. Stephen S- Kyoto or Stefan Kyoto. Who knows? Stephen Kyoto. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. And uh, the budget for this film was actually 1.8 million Which, honestly, to two million. Isn't a lot. No, it is not. <laughs> And it was distributed by Trans World Entertainment. Mm. Our lovely, lovely cast. Um, we have uh, Grant Kramer mm-hmm. as Mike. His last name is Tobacco. I know. <laughs> it just makes him sound faker as a human. Yeah, Mike Tobacco. Yep. Uh, Suzanne Snyder as Debbie Stone. Charles Kyoto, one of the director's brothers, as Jojo the Clown. Yep. The big giant one at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, we have John Vernon as Curtis Mooney. And John Allen Nelson as Dave Hansen. Uh, Michael S. Siegel as Rick Terenzi. Okay. Peter Lacasse as Paul Terenzi. Mm-hmm. So we have the Ice Cream Brothers as they were a part of the final crew. Yeah. Um, it's got a runtime. Wait. In the box office, it made $43 million and it has a runtime of Holy 88 shit. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. They like kicked ass, technically. Compared to the cost of what they had. What's strange is that they say it was a flop. So I'm a little confused. What was it? What was its uh, rating? It's got a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, which honestly isn't bad. That's not bad. But like when I was looking, doing research for this, like the brothers all said that it was like a flop when it first came out. Honestly. And I guess it's just gained more traction over time. Doing a lot of the research, it definitely seemed like this is, it became cult, but it was not successful. Mm Mm-hmm. But yet it was successful. It was right. such fuck, such a weird like conundrum to that. I also want to start adding something if I can. But the music is by John Mazzari. Yeah, go for it. Because that's a little important later. So yeah, music is music. Go for it. Yeah, I love music. We love that. And speaking of music, actually, that really works out for the first thing that I have here. Yeah. Is that the theme song that's at the beginning of the title screen Mm -hmm. was written by the Dickies. Yeah. And it was only based on the title. (laughs) They did not read the script. Or like watch anything from it. No. I liked that song. They literally. It was good. Saw the title and then made the the song. It was a good song. I remember the movie coming on and us being like, okay. Hell yeah. All right. And that's just based off of the title. Mm-hmm. Shit. If we're going to keep talking about music. Yeah, go for it. Um, basically, the main guy who like wrote the score, uh, John Masseri, he wrote most of this music like when he was in high school before oh, wow. he even knew that this movie was going to be a thing. So he And just, it just kind of worked out together. Yeah. But the thing is, like, he wrote this when he was in a band in high school and his bands, like his bandmates didn't like it. And so he just kind of like put it on the back burner um, because his oh, bandmates wow. were like, no, it sounds too much like jazz. No, that's OK. Uh, so he saved it and used it for this. movie. That's pretty crazy. He also wrote music for the Friday the 13th sequel, Jason Lives. Ah, but they rejected it. He like tried to write music for the the trailer, but they said no and ended up still using that music for 
killer clowns of uh, from outer space i think so he tried doing stuff for friday the 13th and then it just fucking didn't work out and so he did killer clowns yeah for clownzilla's entrance instead that's what it was used for <laughs> yeah you know so he tried to write music for his band they rejected him he tried to write music for friday the 13th they rejected him so you know what he just kept saving it and put it to different use which just proves like hey if you do something mm-hmm. and like someone doesn't like it that doesn't mean just keep it on the back burner because someone else burner. might like someone it someone else might yeah and so. it worked out because it's like it the music fit the movie mm-hmm. but he's had it longer than the movie was in concept yeah so that's even crazier yep exactly i thought that was pretty cool Hell yeah. All right. So you know the scene when the farmer is like going to his house to retrieve his shit so that he can go get the meteor, the meteor that he thinks is, but is actually the tent. Mm -hmm. If you pay attention, you can clearly see the prop master through the screen door passing him. No way. (laughs) (laughs) You can actually see the prop master in the film passing him no that's kind of funny i would have been like yo i made it fact as a prom like, oh shit it's me yeah <laughs> i wouldn't oh, fuck, even be they mad. did not edit that out <laughs> yeah they're like hey it's me wait why am i there I hope to god no one else knows is my name in the cast or i know right i know right i'm a pivotal character mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. so this is fa- this was a fascinating piece that i found out was okay so you know how like the way that each of the clown rooms and all that kind of stuff and like that whole space mm-hmm. of the the clown's ship. So for cost reasons, the interior of the spaceship was made like modular. So it was like a tinker toy design. So they literally had various elements that were built that could be put together in different ways to make different rooms rather than, than designing and building multiple sets, mm. they literally just took the... took pieces and swapped them around. That's pretty cool. So it was like kind of a combination of Memphis design and Dr. Seuss is how they referred to it as. Okay. And that's pretty cool. The idea that like they would take pieces in and out and then make a whole new room just so that they weren't like going over in costs and I stuff. I feel like that's a smarter way to do it. Um... Yeah. Just so you're not wasting. And it's an easy space to kind of do that because it's like a spaceship. And then it's funny because you actually had this in there. Hmm. So that really worked out is during the production, the executive actually asked them to have more clown mayhem. Mm-hmm. And that resulted in the door to door scenes. Yeah. Of them going to different places, like it zapping different people. It was just a whole people. bunch of montages of them, like, exactly. going to multiple people's doors. Doing weird shit. Doing weird shit. And uh, yeah, so they, they also shot more destruction of that drugstore that they initially had where the mm-hmm. clowns were in there, like, fucking up the shit in the aisles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so chaotic and that's it really is. funny. They filmed more of the destruction back in Hollywood because the actual drugstore location that they were using, like, the principal piece, mm-hmm. which was in Santa Cruz, would not allow them to make a bunch of mess. Oh. So they ended up having to make the set of a, in Hollywood okay. of it. Okay. So that they could actually like really thoroughly. I'm sure that cost a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the other thing that was fascinating is because they they rented cars. Mm. They rented cars and they fucked up 
both of the cars that they yeah, rented. I read about this. Because one of them, I guess, was supposed to just like roll to the edge, but mm-hmm. it actually crashed. It actually like crashed off the Is edge. Is that one of the cop cars? Uh, yeah. And then um, this other one was the Jeep, the one that's up at the top of the world. Yeah. It was covered in the cotton candy webbing mm-hmm. because it was it was loaned to the production yeah. by a local car dealership. <laughs> and they were... They were told by the effects department that if they sprayed the Jeep with Pam, then the webbing wouldn't permanently stick and could be wiped off. However, the solvent in the webbing caused major damage (gasps) to the inside of the car, particularly to the seats and the finish. This necessitated $3,000 in repairs at a different dealership before they could return return it it to to the original one. That's so funny. (laughs) <laughs> Although that's not the most money that they spent. The most money, I don't know if you have this. Yes, do. I do. Yep. One of the weapons. Yep. The popcorn yeah, gun. Yep. $7,000. Yeah, it took six weeks to build. But it 7, actually 000? fired popcorn. Yes, it did. It actually fired popcorn. Which was pretty fucking amazing, yeah. honestly. Like, that's such a cool piece. Yeah. That would be such a cool piece of movie memorabilia. That would be so dope to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yes. This kind of makes me sad because now that I I wished back in 2019, I actually took the Killer Clowns house seriously at HHM, but I did not. Yeah. I went through it and I was like, okay, it's kind of scary, but I'm not a Killer Clowns fan because <laughs> I'd never seen it before and I thought it was stupid. It's the same thing like fucking the black phone, man. Okay. Well, the black phone is different because- That breaks my heart. I want to go through that house again so bad. I know. I know. I just want to get it and be able to cheer with them. Right? And all that kind of stuff. I know. Oh, it would have been so nice. It's okay. It's okay. Anyway, here's something fucking weird as shit. Okay. Which made me laugh when I was looking it up. So Debbie's shower scene. Yeah. Lasted for 20 minutes of screen time. What? And potentially covers hours of time in the the chronological path of the film. That's what it seemed like because they kept doing little snippets yes. of it and then like it is not showing the full thing. Possibly the longest shower scene in the history of cinema. What? <laughs> because okay. she literally... Got... <laughs> this is reminding me of Until Dawn. Oh, God. Oh, this her is... bath. She spent four hours in the bath she did four hours in the bath she did not a hurt a word or peep from any of her friends at any fucking point in time and Mm -hmm. she just was in the bath except when that wendigo was watching her yeah i'm just like for realsies uh who spends that much time in the bath (laughs) 30 minutes and i'm done well anyway i'm like a 40 minute or person i'm in a long i'm a long showerer the shower yeah but i mean like sitting in the bath oh Hell no. Just sitting in the bath. Yeah, I, I'm good for like 30 minutes and then I'm ready to get out. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. And then also your comments about Jojo, the big boy clown and everything. Yeah. So it was actually so the the filmmakers had a shit ton of homages to other types of films. Yeah. So this one was a homage to like early kaiju films such as Godzilla and Gamera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it ended up working out really well because the title leader of the clowns, yes, is Jojo, but it's Jojo the Clownzilla. Yeah. And it was actually portrayed as a classic rubber suit style with a miniature model of the set built 
to create the illusion of it being massive. Mm. So it was actually portrayed by Charles Kyoto was actually in the suit. Yeah. Um, and even though it was originally intended to be a stop motion piece, they ended up actually having him a person in the suit and then made it look like a perspective thing which, which is pretty really freaking cool. cool it was really cool because i really thought that they somehow got like a giant fucking yeah hell yeah i was like how on earth did they, did they do that yeah and the more you know and i mean all of the clowns were pretty fascinating because they made four molds which were for the main clowns mm -hmm. uh one was like a peanut shaped another was a triangle circular and then the final was like an inverted triangle and for those four molds the effects artist produced two clown characters for each shape and then obviously clownzilla had its own mold for its appearance and it was really cool because the masks had animatronic aspects to them giving the clowns the expressions yeah and creepy ass faces they were able to like blink and stuff and like because their mm -hmm. eyes are not normal shapes or yep they're yep. not like human eyes like they're clearly animatronic something exactly which made it real creepy <laughs> so basically to bring them to life they devised a, a system of mechanical controls controlled cables to enable him to change the facial expressions of mm. each of the masks on camera so they had the mechanics and stuff so that they could get those different expressions so that's why they were able how did this movie only cost what it did 1.8 to 2 million hell i have no fucking clue but they well because here's the thing because a lot of it so a lot of the cost of the film itself was actually being used for finance, shooting permits, rental vehicles, and the materials. So not necessarily for, like, the creatures and everything else. That's so weird. And it's wild because... So apparently there have also been other aspects of the film. So because you were talking about the gun. Yeah. So another thing that was, like, a weird object that they used in the film was that balloon dog that yeah, they made yeah. they actually kept having a problem with it because the legs of it kept popping so to stop it from uh breaking during each take they actually coated the legs in latex oh. and then solidified them with a hair dryer so that it would actually survive longer over the set that's such a strange issue to have <laughs> i made a real balloon dog and its legs keep popping on the ground yeah. what am i gonna do cover it in latex because yeah. that's how it's going to fix it. At a certain point, I could tell that it was like off the ground a little bit. Like in the movie, I was to like... To kind of protect it yeah, a little bit. Now that I know that, I, now I know that that was Like the it reason. makes sense yeah. for it. So kind of touching back on the statement that like it had a lot of um, references to other kinds of films and other... It has a lot more to do with like tropes of other films mm -hmm. because obviously it's like that Godzilla thing... So, and this is part of the reason why it's got such that cult appeal and why it survives for so long is because it holds essentially a funhouse, as they refer to it, mirror to the horror and sci-fi genre. Yeah. Because it's like transforming the pods from Invasion of the Body Snatchers into cotton candy cocoons mm -hmm. and paying homage to the blob and various zombie genre touchstones. Because, yeah. like, instead of a bullet to the head, 
the clowns can only be stopped by being shot in, in the, the nose. nose. Like, you know, there's there's those more fun and subtle ways that they mm-hmm. uh, were brought into it. Yeah. Another interesting aspect that I found out is that apparently there have been several efforts trying to revitalize the film itself. Yeah. And to like, they wanted to have like more parts more films they literally did like a, they tried to get the a 3d sequel and even sci-fi ended up getting the rights for it because they thought they were going to make a tv show and even that didn't happen mm. and the only thing that's come of the killer clown genre at least of recently is that they now have a video game yeah that's the killer clowns but you know, it's also weird that all of a sudden <laughs> Killer Clowns got a video game. Yeah. For something that, I don't know, like, I know at Spirit Halloween that they usually have Killer Clown stuff. But this, but like, at least over like the last year and stuff, because Universal had the houses and stuff for Killer Clowns, which would have merchandise. Because this year at Spirit Halloween, they actually had like, a animatronic of a killer clown and stuff like that. So I think that was pretty interesting that it got like a very sudden resurgence of interest being brought to it, which is pretty wild. Yeah, but apparently they've been putting ideas together for the past 35 years, even though like nothing has come of it. Yeah. And that's really surprising to me that nothing has because of how popular it has become. Because a lot of people really do enjoy this movie yeah even though it is so because it's campy and fucking weird (laughs) yeah yeah and i think that's the main reason why they like it Mm -hmm. you know it's this alternative weird visual of comedy and horror all mixed into one weird package of clowns because even the director originally this was just going to be called killer clowns yeah. But they added from outer space because they, they didn't, didn't want it to be another slasher movie. Yeah. And they also didn't want it to be taken so seriously yeah. either. Mm-hmm. They wanted there to be that camp and weirdness. For sure. But I'm just still surprised at the budget because the amount of clowns in this movie is There's insane. so many fucking there clowns. There are so many. Like, I have the list of all of them. <laughs> Go for it. It's uh, The main ones are Jumbo, Shorty, Rudy slim chubby those are the main ones and then you've got fatso spiky bibbo um <laughs> joe magori talls storefront frank i'm sorry did you just say that one of them is named storefront and I then did. frank <laughs> when you've had bibbo as a fucking clown so far like i'm sorry what <laughs> who made that choice <laughs> Mike, are you dying? A little bit. <laughs> um, there's also Boko, um, Rosebud and Daisy, the female killer clowns who may have sexually harassed the Terenzi brothers. I mean, at the end of that film, they had like kiss marks and they were slashed yeah, to shit. Yep. So I don't know what they were doing. Um, <laughs> there's also the the baby killer clowns, obviously, with the long necks. Yep. The long fucking necks. Obviously. Oh, there's Baldo. And then obviously Clownzilla, also known as Jojo. So there's a decent fucking chunk. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nineteen. 
Damn, there's almost 20 clowns in this film. Each of them looking that completely different from each so other. so many fucking clowns. That's so many. I was watching this movie. I was like, how did they come up with a different concept for each one? Yeah. Like a different design, a different look. Yeah. Even though, like I said, that they had... It was literally the same four fucking molds. They just yeah, yeah. somehow managed to make to them feel so get, different. Like paint them and give them different heights and shapes and... yeah outfits fucking special effects my dude really cool really cool i think my favorite one is shorty i think my favorite one is shorty why because he he just fucking knocked a dude's head off. <laughs> i was about to say yeah <laughs> yeah because guess who sure. i was about to say and why my reason was shorty because yep. he knocked someone's fucking head, head off. off bitch was mad you fucked with his bike yeah but Bibbo is the most commonly one, or commonly. He's the most common clown in the movie um, with the yellow mohawk and the red suit. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that name, Bibbo. 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 Oh, there's also, there are brothers here. There's Boko and Baldo. They're brothers. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. It's. Because yeah. fucking clowns. There's so many. But apparently, um, in trying to like come up with this movie idea basically steven was just like oh well, let me sit here and imagine the most terrifying scene yeah that i can think of and apparently that included a clown so he was like it was a clown driving next to me on a mountain road yep a clown being where he shouldn't be was frightening was eerie was creepy that started the brainstorming that led to killer clowns from outer space i uh, i don't agree <laughs> That that is the scariest thing. That no, could... we know what's the scariest thing. <sighs> I don't know. It's um, our scariest thing is that fucking cop scene. Ooh, because that that, shit's that was creepy. That was unsettling that was and unsettling. uncomfortable. But basically, there was a there was a study done as to why people find clowns so terrifying mm -hmm. and it's similar to that like um uncanny uncanny valley, valley stuff type which is blowing up right now what why uh no uncanny no, valley you. is is so popular right now no thank you but i found out that clowns do their makeup in a very specific way and i guess yes. um so the colors that go into that depict like um infection or injury because it's like stark white with like blots of red and even can like mm -hmm. provoke a feeling of disgust yeah and it's also how unpredictable that their behaviors are yeah and even yeah. if they're like frowning they have a painted smile on you can't really tell what they're feeling yeah so it's just it's very th like threatening to people it makes me think about the movie smile that we did yeah the idea that mm -hmm. like there's that menacing feeling for sure yeah which is understandable because it's a uh, color colorophobia is the fear of clowns what's it called colorophobia interesting yeah that's because it's even like the blacks and the blues and stuff like that it by stephen king yeah came out like just before this like the book did i believe mm. so but it wasn't like based off of that it was just like kind of like oh of, it worked out like that the, the idea of clowns being creepy like in a book sense but what really solidified that was obviously john wayne gacy oh yeah uh, when he you know performed his pogo the clown at yep kids parties and charity mm -hmm. events and yep so i think that yeah. is where stephen king pulled his inspiration 
So the idea of creepy clowns came a little bit before this movie, but um, there was a poll in 2016. This was crazy to me. Yeah. There was a poll in 2016 that said Americans are more afraid of clowns than a terrorist attack or even death. Damn. Shit. Yeah. That's fucking weird. That is crazy. Is crazy to me. I mean, well, isn't, wasn't also like in that same time period, we were going through a weird spell of people yes it was the uh it's known as the clown attack craze lots of movies had come out like it chapter two and the joker came out um around that time so it was just a lot of that and i think during that time was the year that a bunch of the people dressed up as clowns and were like terrorizing the streets and stuff like that yeah like so, standing outside of people's homes and yeah. fucking some of them even like actually got into their homes mm-hmm. and stuff we're like terrorizing people oh yeah so that yeah clown attack craze very clearly yeah. related in 2016 to that poll um why people were so afraid of clowns over death and dying because i don't i don't think i'm one of those people i'm not either I'm afraid of death way more than I'm afraid of clowns, please. Facts. But what really got me was there was a documentary about a Florida man. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this existed until just now. Or maybe I did and I just... Oh, we got a Florida man? I just pushed it <gasps> okay. back into the back of my mind because yes. it was so traumatizing. So it's a guy, a Florida man, who... Mm-hmm. Florida man. <laughs> yep. His name is Wrinkles the Clown. Ah, wrinkles the clown you can hire him to terrify anyone you want and he'll do it the fuck and apparently okay so he's a 69 year old retired man okay and he'll even go terrify your kids he's like i'm gonna go in the business of fucking scaring people no yeah but apparently at least back in 2015 there was a point where he was getting hundreds of phone calls a day holy shit yeah, so I I don't know, but there's a documentary out about him that, like, explains more in depth. That's insane. That's so, like... I, okay, I looked at a picture of this guy. I about shat my pants. Oh, my he God. He is scary. He is scary looking. I would, like, why anybody would hire this person to go scare someone that bad? You must have really fucked up, because he is really creepy. And, mm. I need Mm-mm. to see a picture of him. I will. I will pull it up. I will pull it up. Because right I need now. to know what the fuck he looks like. I need to see this man. Because I need to know now. Oh shit! I know about him. Yep. Holy shit! I recognize he his is face. Scary as shit. He looks like Texas Chainsaw Massacre yes. in clown makeup. Like that's what it looks like, and it's so absolutely unsettling. Like I hate it so much. Oh my god! I can't believe I recognize that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So. I don't know. It, I didn't realize that he was... I thought he was for, like, a movie or something. I didn't realize that he was just a real dude who just goes around and fucks with people. No. No, he was a real guy. And is paid to fuck with people. Yeah. Hundreds of calls. Like, this man, like, made a living, probably, off of this for a Fucking while. Fucking made bank. Like, I don't know if he's still doing it. He was 69 back in 2015. Yeah. So he's, like, deep into his 70s at this point. So if he's still going around scaring people in a clown outfit... I'd be a little concerned, yeah. To be honest, <sighs> but yeah, it's crazy out here with the with the clown stuff. Yeah, that's insane. And why people are so scared of them and where it comes from, and yeah, I really do think it started with John Wayne Gacy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, it probably did back in the 70s. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Because the 70s 
or serial killer heaven. Yeah, because he really just dressed up as a clown and pretended to be all nice and stuff and then yeah. was evil mm-hmm. and murdered little boys. Yep, because because that's what life was like back then. <sighs> that's crazy. Like, we still have serial killers today. Yeah. But it is nothing compared to what it was back then. Now we just have mass shooters is what it is. Yeah. I'm so serious. Like. Yep. Yeah, people don't hide that shit anymore. Nope. No, they do not. They just go out and do it. Nope. Ugh. Why? I have no clue. Why the romanticizing of killing people is a thing. It's so gross. I will never know. I say this as we have a horror movie podcast. Yeah. Where most movies romanticize that. But. Talk about real world shit. You heard it here first. I do not approve of the romanticizing of murdering people and torturing them. But it's fun to watch some fake stuff because you know you're safe the whole time. Yep. It's playing with fear. Yep. So I'm going to pose you a question. Okay. I almost feel like it's a guarantee just because the It book did come out ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But it's just... So clearly the fucking killer clowns from outer space must be insectoid to some degree. Yeah, I'd say that's probably true. And this mainly is because I was thinking about it because he takes a straw and drinks from a cocoon. Yeah. The cocoon breaks the person down. Yeah. And it just makes me think of spiders mm-hmm. because spiders wrap up their prey yeah and, and then it, it liquefies and, yeah. mm-hmm. and then they liquefy it and then they just suck out the contents so i'm like why is it that people like to make clowns aliens that are insects oh yeah because it is kind it's of a fu- is a fucking he's kind of alien insectoid in forms that he poses as i mean uh, this is big climactic shit that is true like hmm is, I'm trying to think of another instance where that is also true. Like they know. tend to have a lot of insectoid. Yeah, they themed. probably got some inspiration from that for but sure. But the idea that they chose to have that we had two clowns very close to each other in creation, mm-hmm. both be clowns and both be insectoid. Yeah, is wild. Right. I feel like one is definitely more serious. Obviously, Stephen oh, yeah. King's It is more like it is actually terrifying, terrifying, whereas this one is like, ha ha ha, ha you're a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it's just, it's it's interesting. I would definitely be down to see a modern, a newer. No, me too. I, but yeah. I would still want them to keep like actual effects, like instead of CGI. Like, yes, do, yes. Um, do the, the hybrid yeah hybrid mentality mm-hmm. of using them in tandem with each other yeah i would li- i would actually want to watch a newer version of this movie but like even if it is just called i don't know would it would you still want to have like i don't even care if it's not the same director i don't care if it's like a whole new cast of individuals and all that kind of stuff no i don't if either. it's just a new concept involving that you know? Just to see what they could do with it now. Yeah, with the technology that we have. Mm-hmm. They could be so creepy. Like, if they can do that at $1.8 million. What the back fuck in the would 80s? they imagine having with the money that some of these films have now? It could either be a really big flop or actually really good. I don't see it being mid. It's wild. That's crazy. <sighs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, you got some, some one star reviewals? Oh, for sure. Always. All right. First one. <clears throat> Lamo. I think this bomb was supposed to be a comedy, but that assumes laughter would be involved. And you know what they say when you assume. Bottom line, not funny. Not even mildly amusing. It is, however, stupid. 
but it isn't a total loss. I mean, after the experience, I now have a new appreciation for the root canal. Honestly, if you're three years old and under, I suppose you may find something funny in this thing, but I doubt it. Of course, if you are three years old, the clowns may be a bit too scary for you, so really that leaves nobody who should find this boar fest funny. If you're really that bored, paint something and watch the paint dry. You get just as many laughs out of it. Save yourself. Just avoid this turkey at all costs. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. This is just like the weirdest. That's such a weird. And it was written with like the weirdest grammar I've ever seen. There's like no spaces in between any of like like the punctuation. It's like period next word, comma next word. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, That's such a weird. It's so fucking weird. That's I want to know so where weird. he got an appreciation for a root canal. And... I know my brain could only think back to fucking Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. i'm like what the fuck are you talking about i don't know where did root canals come in because maybe he did watch little shop right before he watched this also what psycho laughs while watching paint dry (laughs) (laughs) this point was probably that he didn't laugh at all during the movie i'm like so you'll get just as many laughs out of it if you thought it was stupid to some degree you would laugh at it right for being stupid i love just avoid this turkey. That's just weird. Just avoid this turkey. What decade did that come out? I did they write that review? Because I'm honestly, like, it was probably the 90s. I think I remember looking at it, and it was like maybe. That's so weird. I have no idea. It's it such a weird review. Strange. It was weird. Uh, next one. This movie is neither funny nor campy, and all the people responsible for this piece of gutter sludge, gutter sludge, <laughs> must have been the same. Who used to eat their glue in elementary school and turn their eyelids inside out just to gross everyone out. I'm sorry. Who the fuck didn't attempt to turn their eyelids inside out? (laughs) I could not do it. That shit's hard. I couldn't either. Like, I would try it, but, like, I would be so jealous of the kids who could. And the fuckers who could, you'd be like, god damn. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. But you go for it. Right? I love gutter sludge. Yeah, gutter sludge. Gutter sludge is good. That's such a good insult. I like Um, that one. Yeah, it was good. The next one is pretty short, pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Kill the clowns from outer space, please. I mean, I mean... That is the whole goal. They 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 kind of did that. If you watch the movie, like, to the end. I mean, it happened. It did, you know. You should add, like, thank you to the start of that and remove the please. Right. Because that happened weird i don't even know if i want to read this next one it is so long and just you know i'm gonna go for it and let's see how it goes hell yeah go for it this flick is filled with cheesy dialogue horrid direction deplorable acting performances and the most inane script i've ever experienced i fail to comprehend the cult following that this flick has generated this work is nothing short of absolute Detritus. Detritus. Sorry, I couldn't read. (laughs) Um, It doesn't even fall into the attack of the killer tomatoes genre of good camp. What even is that? It's a film. I've never heard of that. Uh, This is supposed to be an art house parody of B-horrors. It isn't art house. It isn't anything but completely unintelligent, overrated drivel. Having been written and directed by the cinematic equivalent of of the Three Stooges. Oof. I expected nothing more. Good thing, because this attempt gives nothing more than the most disgusting display of prepubescent idiocy to which I have ever had the displeasure of being exposed. The producers and director in charge of these hokey, horrid, and even stupid effects 
should have been all burned at the stake. All caps. <laughs> is that the? Is that it? That's it. <laughs> Holy shit! This person went in. They like, are. They were so, so angry and that they, they watched this movie. So fucking pretentious. No, yeah, it's the detritus. It's the inane. It's the prepubescent idiocy. Also, calling it a flick. Fuck off, please. Overrated drivel. Like, oh my god, hokey. Could you just? I don't Art know. house, fuck off. Please, right. yeah. just fuck off. Equivalent of the Three Stooges. No way does she call this, the Kyoto Brothers the Three Stooges. I swear, I swear. Some people take shit too seriously. This is supposed to be a fucking, like, haha film with, like, scary g- g- fucking clowns. Yep. Like it's supposed they took to be it silly. So seriously, like you they... literally called it campy, and you literally called it camp, and then said it it was shit camp. It doesn't. I don't. I don't your know. logic doesn't track. I don't know. I don't know. You're thinking too hard, dude. That's why I'm saying. I was like, I barely wanted to read that because I that I it, I felt the anger from this person. They were so mad. Like, why wouldn't you just turn it off? Just turn it off. Don't even worry about it. If you're that angry to watch this movie, stop watching stop it. Stop watching. Go watch some And then why Care Bears. would you go watch some Care Bears? Why would you spend the time writing a fucking review if you hate it this much? Right? And it's a long review too. It's a thick ass review. <gasps> I don't know, but they hurt my brain bad. Anyway, that's all I got for one star reviews. People will remain funny, not even on purpose. Hell yeah. But I mean, I didn't find it to be that horrible of a movie like at least not as bad as i thought it was gonna be yeah because going into this i was like oh my god killer concert matter space no please no we knew it was gonna be weird as fuck yeah we, we knew that this film was gonna be weird as fuck because i'd seen the house from hhn mm-hmm. so i knew it was gonna be something yeah it wasn't quite what i expected no no it was different and it weird. was different and weird but it wasn't terrible so. it'll be an interesting i don't juxtaposition whenever we watch the it films oh yeah for sure. And then we can talk more about clown lore. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say it's a weird ass film. Yes. Watch it. Do not take it fucking serious, please. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Ooh, I'm surprised it. it did get a 77 on Rotten Tomatoes because personally I wouldn't put it that high. Oh. But, you know, to each their own. It's not terrible, but it's not great. Yeah. So a 70. Like uh, that's almost 80%. I would not. Like a 70. Like five no 74 I'd, I'd maybe maybe 65 for me 65 oh. for me personally maybe even 60 but i am one person yeah i hope they do they are able to do something more with it just yeah. so we can see how it evolves but yeah for now this is all we got hell yeah it's this all we will take oh but there was also like a little short film that was made to promote the killer clowns yeah was for hhn like a little short oh yeah film. yeah yeah always so it did come back a little bit but yeah yeah and it, it features our favorite one, Shorty. <laughs> All right, guys. So our next episode is going to be our session six. So look forward to that. Woot woot. And then you know what's up. Like, comment, subscribe. Session six. How many episodes do we have? Uh, girl, we are. We have already passed the 20 mark. No way. Yes. Wow. Yep okay yeah yeah ding them bells check that shit out follow us on instagram and twitter at horror unmasked send us an email 
Yeah, let us know. What do you think about the Killer Clowns films? Let us know what you think about the Killer Clowns films. Let us know what you think about our podcast. Let us know about the video game. Have you tried the video game? Right. Let us know what that was about. Yeah, what's that like? At horrorunmasked at gmail.com. Listen to us, Spotify, iTunes at Horror Unmasked Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube at Horror Unmasked Podcast. And I think with that, there's only one thing left to ask. Will you fear? Or will you fear not? <laughs>